Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Reconciling Grace. This is a podcast where we discuss topics and passages kind of related to the Bible. I usually say about the Bible, but this one, I'm not quite sure if it's going to be exactly about the Bible. You know, we've been talking about some pretty uh, deep things lately, and um, I'm with Josh Kugel and Don McDonald. We're all pastors, and uh, we just thought, hey, how about something a little bit lighter tonight? You know, did you ever get that question, guys, um, where somebody will say, is there such and such in heaven? You know, I, I guess I'd like to start out with a little joke. It's probably an old joke. Most people have heard it. But, you know, it was like, let's just use two, two names of random people. Let's just use Don and Josh, um, that they used to both like to play baseball very much. And they both said, you know, I wonder if there's baseball in heaven. And they both said, if, it, if, if one of us dies first, we're going to do the best we can to come back and let them know, well, you know, one died first and, you know, nothing ever happened, nothing ever happened. And finally, one night, he appeared to the other guy in his, in, in his, when he was trying to sleep. And he says, well, well, is there baseball in heaven? He goes, well, I got good news and bad news. The good news is there's baseball in heaven. The bad news is you're pitching tomorrow. <laughs> so um, that was a fun little joke, but uh, I've always liked that joke. Um, Josh, did you say you wanted to kind of uh, start? Well, I can. Talk? I can. I, I think this is a fun topic, and and it's kind of it can be a little light. But here's what I found in my time in ministry, my time in church. I've been in church about all my life, and um, I find that there are two extremes when people think of heaven. One is that you will be uh, surrounding the throne with all the angels, with all the, uh, the saints and everybody, and you'll be praising God forever, singing holy, holy, holy. So there's this idea that heaven will be, and, and I, the way it's portrayed is that sounds really boring, um, which I would say we don't understand that and all that kind of stuff. But the other extreme is more in heaven, you'll be able to do everything you always wanted to do on earth, but weren't able to do. You'll be able to do recreation and play. And I've heard people talk about the, the lakes of heaven and how they'll be fishing them for eternity. And um, I've heard people that, you know, can't wait to, to meet their dog who went uh, 15 years ago so they can spend eternity throwing a fetch in, in heaven and all this stuff. And so uh, in, in looking at those, uh, those kind of extreme opposites, I almost think of the way that we look at heaven. I just wondered if from scripture, from you know, what you guys have learned in school from even maybe what you guys hope or what you heard from the song Mercy, you know, Mercy Means I Can Only Imagine, which is theologically 100% correct, like every Christian song is. Um, what Can we get to kind of a consensus of what we think uh, the next portion of our existence is going to be? Well, actually, not the next, the last portion of our existence is going to be. The other thing I'd like to remind everybody listening and each one of us, Francis Chan did a um, illustration once and he had a really long rope. Um, and it was, I mean, it must've been a hundred feet long and he made a dot on it. And he said that dot on this rope, I think he made it with a red pen if I remember right. He pointed to that dot. He said that dot on this rope is only uh, a, a, a small 
fraction of eternity. And what we're looking forward to is the length of this rope, this extremely long time after the dot, but we're living our life as though the dot is all that matters. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea that knowing that eternity is next and knowing that we're even beginning to live in eternity right now, that we should live differently with that knowledge. So what are we looking forward to? Um, I've also heard, and I'll just say this, I've heard a lot of people that are outright sinners say, if there's a heaven and a hell, I'd much rather go to hell because it seems more fun. Um, and so let's see if we can dispel the, the myths, the, the, the sayings, the hopes people have, and just get to what we really think heaven may be like. Um, the other thing I think really, uh, sorry to interrupt again, some people think that we'll be disembodied spirits for eternity. Maybe we can speak to that, or, or is there new flesh and blood and that kind of stuff? And so I, I'll just let you guys go, because this is just, you said, we're fu having fun, not really, uh, you know, necessarily to stick exactly in one place. It's kind of open-ended, but what do we think? The next life, what, can you play golf in heaven? My first thought is that we see now, the Bible says, as through a mirror dimly, then we will see, or then we will know fully, as we are fully known. One of the things that I cannot comprehend, I mean, I can try to intellectually do it, but I don't think any of us can comprehend what is life going to be like without the influence of sin, without the influence of of frustration. I mean, isn't that what the Bible tells us happened in, in Genesis is that the earth was cursed and that's what made the, the ground produce weeds and all that kind of stuff. And it made human beings have to toil to, to work the land. Um, one of the things that I see about most recreation. So, you know, you talk about rested recreation, Josh, you mentioned golf. I play, I like to say I play at golf. I don't play golf a lot, but I will do golf sometimes to just relax. But we've often said, even on the golf course, amongst people who aren't necessarily believers, if you could hit the ball straight down a tube every time it hit it into the hole, what fun would it be? You know, so is there going to be a competition? Is there going to be a challenge? So much of, of life that I experience is overcoming challenges. And it just seems to me that, you know, how long do you want to just sit around and, and watch ed, endless Netflix and binge watch on TV, kind of like, you know, people did for two weeks to flatten the curve back in um, 2020. You remember that? People would just sit around and it's kind of like, hey, we can take it easy. And after about two weeks, people were going nuts. Mm. Um, you know, and that's what I'm saying is, is it going to be all about singing around the throne? Is it going to be all about, you know, exploring? I heard somebody one time say that in heaven, we will have a limitless amount of time to explore an endless universe. Well, that sounds really nice, but I don't know where they got doesn't, it. Doesn't you know? that make it, doesn't that make it a lot of me focus? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying is I don't know where they got that. It sounds nice, but where did that come from? I don't see that in the Bible. Well, I remember, uh, I remember Benny Hinn once saying that Adam, Adam and Eve could jump to the moon and we'll be able to, in eternity, we'll be able to do the same thing. So <laughs> I think it's important that we all understand that we need to differentiate what we know from scripture and what we know from a consistent biblical uh, theology and, and belief system between what we want. Because I could outline what I want in heaven. And I'll tell you two things about it. It'll be, it'll be a lot, a lot 
less than what I'm going to get in heaven because I can't imagine, I don't have the imagination of God and the, the completeness of God. And I don't understand. We, for one thing, we don't know what it's going to be like to be in the full presence of God. We might, I mean, <laughs> that song I can only imagine surrounded by your glory. What will I do? Will I dance for you? Jesus. If somebody is introduced to the full presence of God and the first response they have is to do a little jig for Jesus. That person is a moron. I think. <laughs> I mean, wait now, David danced almost naked before the Lord though here the, on earth though, Josh, in the full presence of God for the first time in your whole existence, John, the closest friend of Jesus Christ on earth was it, it responded to that. He fell down as though he were dead. Yeah. And it, weren't, it wasn't even the full presence like we'll experience. It was this kind of heightened awareness vision of the book of Revelation. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to see Jesus. And I'm going to be like, hey, you seen me do a dab? And I just don't see it. <laughs> I, I, you know, when, um, whenever I do funerals, of which I now have at least 30 years worth of, I always have done that Revelation 21 and, you know, in, in particular, usually one through four, one through five, depending on the setting. And when I'm looking at four, it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying for the old order of things passed away. And I, I think the human experience of heaven will be so overwhelming that it will take us time to go. We're new. What does it mean to be new? You know, I when I taught this in uh, youth group, Mount Greenwood days, I had a young lady say, well, be like having a 16-year-old body back again. I'm like, I don't, you know, I said, all I know is you will be new. There will not be this battle that we're having. I mean, when the new heaven and the new earth comes, there's an acknowledgement that what we have fought against will be removed and God himself will give us that comfort. Yeah, you know, do you not have any more imagination than what you were when you were 16 as being the height of your existence? <laughs> well, I think, though, that he was talking about the body. And I think that's a really a good point to bring up is, to me, one of the things that I honestly think we can glean from Scripture is what was the resurrected Jesus's body like? I think that's what ours is going to be like. Um, you know, he wasn't bound by you know, being able to, he, he wasn't, how do I say, bound by a locked door. He could walk, he could appear, disappear through the walls. He could appear on, on the uh, road to Emmaus. So Peter, are you saying we're going to have superpowers when we're in heaven? What is a superpower? You know, who, who, who knows? I mean, is it going, are we going to be bound by the, the things that bind us on this earth? You know, um, well, I always like to say, if I had a if I had a superpower, being silly, I mean this is not biblical, but if I had to, a superpower to choose from on this earth, I think I would call it instant teletransportation because I don't like the long rides that and the time it takes to get to yeah. one place from another. You know, I would like to say, hey, Josh, let's let's have uh, let's have coffee, and I could just be there, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but. Is, is there something, a new heaven and new earth, we're going to be given, there, there's something to the way Adam and Eve and what they were made for that we're going to finally experience. Right. Is, so is heaven going to be like the garden was? Are we going to have work in heaven? Are we going to have this relationship? And, and, and if you remember, Adam and Eve walked, didn't they walk with God in the garden? Yes. In the, um, in the cool of the evening. Is that a picture of what we're going to be doing for eternity? 
Well, because didn't he tell them to take dominion over the land even before the uh, even before the sin came into the world? And so the, the implication yeah. there is that there was something for them to be taking care of. They tended the garden or the animals or whatever. Now, does that mean we're all going to be shepherds and gardeners? You know, I personally have never enjoyed gardening. I hope <laughs> that that doesn't mean it. You know, if I if I have a if I have a choice between going to the greatest concert in the world or going to a baseball game, I'll probably take a baseball game. So, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, am I, am I yeah, like, out of luck because it doesn't mention baseball in heaven, but it does mention singing around the throat. I don't well, know. Not I that I don't enjoy singing, but. You started out with, I think it was you that started out with, we don't know what life is like without the influence of sin. Correct. And I, I just, I, I, I have trouble just because to me, the garden experience seems boring, but obviously it wasn't. Um, and so. Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree with you because there's something that we don't understand. We can't comprehend it because we haven't experienced it. And yeah. maybe the reason I don't like gardening is because of the fact that I am horrible at it. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe without sin and without, these other things maybe would be like, hey, plant this seed. Wow, watch it grow, you know, and, and, and it'll do it. What is the other thing I asked, not just what's so bad about the garden experience, but what's so bad about surrounding the throne of God and being in awe of him repeatedly over and over for the rest of existence and just in the mindset of, oh, my goodness, I did not know you were that amazing. And you went and what up to yourself and just constantly being in awe and saying, oh, my goodness, God, I just want to watch you. <laughs> and and so I and, and I, it's not that I even think that's what heaven is either. Um, I remember I was in a church and my pastor was preaching and he said that heaven is going to be a big box that uh, is the literal expression of the, the, the new city that was. It's, uh, you know, kind of uh, described in the book of Revelation. And I'm just thinking, my, <laughs> I, I don't know. We have to know everything. And, and yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage the singing and the getting to know God more and more all the yeah. time. It's just that, again, in our present condition, I don't think it's something we can comprehend. Yeah. You know, I mean, but we're supposed things, to try, though, because we're supposed to be excited about it. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's also things that we still don't know, because remember, even in the book of Revelation, there was one point where, where John was told, don't write this down. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I've been sitting back listening to you, too. And, and the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is, A, we don't know. But B, we've all had moments in worship where it was so special that you wanted to stay there. It's mm -hmm. like the transfiguration when that experience mm -hmm. that we've had little minute tastes of worship that we're like, man, we're, we're in the presence of God. I had it at one of the promise keepers and it was sort of like, wow, we are in the fullness of God. You know, they brought all the preachers down to the bottom of the floor and hearing the the audience just praising and giving thanks for us and my mind raised to it was so loud first off it was scary because it revibrated on your body and number two was it was like wait a minute this is how they're describing heaven even yeah mm -hmm. you know and and so 
you know, what a powerful moment. So we've had tastes of that. And what I try to tell the people I work with is if you've had that holy moment, now amplify it so much that you realize it's never going to end. Well, and even if you're, if you're Christian or not, and just not in worship, we've had tastes of being awed by something too. Yeah. I, I remember for me, it was my first real concert. I went to my parents, let me go to a striker concert back in the the eighties when I was a teenager. You're dating and yourself, Josh. I, I am. And, and, and man, I was on the floor and I was just feet away from Michael Sweet. If you remember him and his brother, Robert and Tim Gaines and Oz Fox, it was my first con- And I loved them. I knew every word of every song. I could play them on guitars. And I remember when the concert was over, I, I just thought to myself, I, I could stand here for another 10 hours. And um, it, it's kind of that. I, I think we all have that, those those moments of our life that cause us to look for something that passes our understanding or that that we're in complete awe of the other thing i i, I want to say revelation you brought up revelation 21 i think we were in 21 uh 22 i'll start with we know that some of this is not supposed to be taken literal right i mean i i think so i saw no temple in the city the lord almighty and his lamb are its temple they're not really the physical temple there though, right? We understand that we're supposed to get something bigger from that. So I think every time we try to box this in, we also take away some of the beauty of the text that's trying to explain, hey, you know what? You don't need a temple there because God himself is living among his people. And and it says there's no sun or moon because the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its light. And so we understand that they're not going to physically become you know, and so every time we try to box this in and say, the other thing, I think it says at some point there's no sea there. But I think when we need to understand the sea is how in the ancient mindset, we all remember those maps of the sea in the ancient world. And they would show the, the sides of the, uh, the, the, the land and then they would show these monsters coming out of the water like far off because they were the unknown and the scary. There's no more unknown and scary in, in heaven. You know, it's all. And so. I almost think sometimes we, we take this text and we try to create this very specific, this is what you're going to know forever. And I think sometimes we turn people off by that. Um, and God wants us to, to say, you know what? You're going to be with me <laughs> forever. And, and you're not going to go to church like you used to because church is going to be completely new because I'm going to be right there. And, and there's not going to be any scary monsters just out of where you're worried about your family or you're worried about, because I'm right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest point is forever you're going to be in my presence. <laughs> can you imagine? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the one that's uh, ringing forth a lot and, of course, it had to get hot during the time my brother died. I'm going, oh, thanks a lot. That song by Casting Crowns, Scars in Heaven. You know, they've been playing that one a lot over the last year. And it, it's sort of like, you know, it says the only scars in heaven, they won't belong to you. They won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken. And all the old will be made new. And mm. the thought that makes me smile now even as the tears fall down is the only scars in heaven. Yeah. Are the hands that hold you now. Yeah. You know that. And, and I think, you know, when we ask the question at the beginning, will there be golf in heaven in, in a way, what we're saying is 
we're not sure the totality of the experience we're not sure of. Well, can I, can I take a swing at that? Can, can I finish my thought and then let you yeah, finish? Go for it. Go for it. After he, after he finishes his thought, we'll tee it up for you, John. Okay. <laughs> there you yeah, you know, the, the only thing that we as preachers really can say is the most important part is you are at the feet of the Lamb of God. You have been redeemed. You have been loved. You have been brought this Sunday. I'll be preaching on Isaiah 40, you know, where it says, says, comfort me, comfort me, experience my tenderness, God, you know, and, you know, to be in the presence of that grace, that love, that goodness, that peace will be so a relieving and be so freeing. You know, I, I think about my brother the last time I saw him and basically he couldn't walk. He couldn't hardly move his hands, you know, and yet he was smiling because he knew where he was going and he knew that battle would come to an end, you know, and you sort of put yourself in that reality of the most important part is the understanding that you're at the feet of Jesus and you're redeemed and you're being made new and the, yeah. those those tears will be wiped away because he, I love the wordplay of 21 because, you know, God will be with his people and the people will be dwelling with his God. I love that wordplay, you know, because yeah. it's really highlighting heaven is dwelling with God in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, okay, take a swing at it. Thank you for letting me well, finish. Oh, yeah. But what, were, what more would you want other than being in the presence of God forever? I mean, to me, how do you how do you top that? But I, I will say I, I want to take a swing at will there be golf in heaven? The other the other thing I've heard a lot of you guys have done plenty of funerals. In, in funerals, we, sometimes I'll allow will the the family will ask that uh, some people some somebody will stand up and have some words about it. And and in a lot of funerals I've done, somebody will stand up and say I can just see dad. Or I can just see Fred or whoever it is up in heaven now. He's running for the first time in years or something like that, which is fine. He's playing golf with old so-and-so that he used to play golf with. Or he's fishing in heaven. So first I want to I say I, I'm not sure if there's going to be fishing in heaven. I think there will be so much more, something so much more wonderful. But when you fish, you have to kill fish, I think, right? And so I, I kind of wonder if, if that's going to be our heavenly experience. The other thing about golf... The thing that makes golf so much fun is sometimes when I get up to golf, I can swing and I slice the ball and it ends up like far away from where I intended to. But sometimes I hit it just right and it goes exactly where I want it to. That's what makes it fun. And Pete, you were talking about this earlier. If I hit it perfect all the time, it wouldn't be fun. But if I can slice it in heaven, that means I'm doing something imperfectly. And exactly. That means that something's wrong. <laughs> exactly. So I think if we're looking for a, a real, is there golf or fishing or something like that in heaven? I think it's get your mind out of the gutter. Heaven's going to be a lot better than what you're thinking. <laughs> I think. No, I, I agree because as I said, I think that was the whole point I was talking about at the beginning is what makes these things, quote, fun, end quote, is the challenge. Yeah. You know, overcoming the challenge. How much are we going to be challenged? Maybe we will be challenged. I don't really know. 
But, know. you know, you know, is it going to be a challenge? Here's a good one, though. Is it going to be a challenge to love other people, people who we find unlovely right now? But, you know, I can't imagine, though. Can yeah. you? Well, I don't know. But, but but let me give you an example. You know, remember when when the um, Sadducees asked Jesus about the, the man who who died and left his wife. And so she married the brother so she could have kids for him. But he died, too. And there were seven brothers and they all died. And so they asked him in, in heaven, whose wife will she be since she was married to the seven? And he says, wait a minute, you're 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 not understanding the scriptures, first of all. You know, he was telling them that there will be a, 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 an afterlife because the Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife. But he said, um, before he told them that, he says, in in heaven, there won't be any marriage or giving in marriage. Well, wait a minute now. Just think about all the people who've been married multiple times. You talked about the funerals, Josh. How about the people who say, I can just see him and mom are back together now, just rejoice. Yeah. And it's like, you well, might have moved on. You know, but, but that's what I'm saying is what happened if, if the yeah. if people were married more than once, you know, uh, what's it going to be like? There's not going to be jealousy, but can you can you imagine that? You know, I, think, I don't think there's going to be polygamy because they're not going to be married and given in marriage. So what what's what's the point? You know, I should say what's the point? What's what is it going to be like? I don't know that we have an answer to that. I I in my dysfunctional family, which is huge. You know, Claire and dad got divorced and it was ugly and he didn't love her at all, all the way to the end of his life. And then my brother, we were talking about one day and he says, well, I just hope I don't end up in between Claire and dad. I won't know what to do. <laughs> to which then my bro goes, I hope we're busy worshiping Jesus because I sure don't want to look at either one of them. <laughs> So yeah, you're right, Pete. Uh, that, yeah, and he was joking, I'm sure. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and but isn't there this understanding though of him, those things won't they can't plague us in heaven because it wouldn't be heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other any one, amount, if any amount of sin or any amount of distrust or any amount of pain makes it through the gate to heaven, it's no longer heaven. And then that brings up the other issue here, Josh. And this is very very serious. What about those people who we call the lost loved ones, the ones who choose to not follow Jesus? You know, how are we going to not miss them in heaven if we are, in other words, how are we going to not be sad over them not being there if they didn't make it? Because the presence of God is going to consume us. Right. I really think. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine even for a moment that there's going to be regret or or and, and the, the picture of this you get is Lazarus and the rich man. I think. Yeah, reaching um, out. Yeah, you, the rich man is in regret and torment and everything, and Lazarus just seems to be just living it up, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. um, you know, he you doesn't know, even think. He, it's sad because he Lazarus has also seen this rich man his whole life, and he doesn't seem to have a second thought about the guy. It's not because he's rude or anything. It's just mm -hmm. that he's consumed with where he is. I think. Well, I, I keep looking over Revelation 5 and the opening of the scrolls, and it's like verse 9, it's like, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and opens its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from, and I love this, every tribe and language and people and nation. 
you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. And then all of a sudden you go down to verse 12 and another section of praise. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then you go down to 13, and you know they heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that was in them saying, To him who sits on the throne to the Lamb, be praising, honor, and glory and power forever and ever. I, I think I'm going to be busy praising more than anything else. But this is before Jesus returns, though, correct? It, 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 but I think it, it gives you a taste okay, okay. of what is uh, a foreshadowing. That's the word I want. Yeah. Yeah. Before, it's, before the, yeah, it's before the new heaven and the new earth that we're talking yeah, about. Like, right. The 21st right. Chapter, I believe. But he's saying that there, there are, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's fair to say there are times in our life that we experience something that is beyond this life. Agreed. Um, I, I think that happens a lot, um, it, especially if you're looking for it. But I, I, I think it happens a lot where we, um, you know, we keep being, we're, we're, we keep, one of the challenges as pastors is to try to preach on eternal things because you tell people not to value the things of this earth, but to value the things of eternity. And the question that comes right after that are, okay, what are the things of eternity? Eternity, yeah. Um, what are the things that last forever? Because they're obviously not money and all that kind of stuff, but what are they? It's hard to, to, to kind of, because of the way you started out, Pete, it's hard to, it's hard to say what those are because everything we know is colored by sin and everything we know is colored by the reason I value some of the things I value as much as I value them is because people have betrayed me about similar things. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to, to value not being betrayed, but that feeling won't even follow me into heaven. I, I just, we're, we're going to wake up after this life and and i don't know what it's going to look like and i don't know exactly where it's going to be i know a, a lot of people say you know it's a new heaven a new earth you're going to be here in, in a remade kind of garden of eden kind of thing some people say it's this big box where the new jerusalem and it's surrounded by these four walls by this and i i, I my old pastor would say something like you know um there's going to be so many floors in it because and <laughs> and i i almost wonder if we're missing the point um I, I remember hearing a sermon years ago on 1 Corinthians 13, and it was the most fascinating title, and it was Resurrection is Bathed in Love. And I'm like, what? And his text was 1 Corinthians 13. And he used the 13th verse in particular, and he said, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest yeah. of these is love. And he says, okay, do we need faith and hope when Jesus comes again? Do we need faith and hope when we'll be in heaven? The only thing that will be there is the reality of his love for us. And we are, as human beings, still, again, there's where, this is where that whole sin comes in, the whole fact that we are imperfect. I don't think we can even ask or imagine what it's going to be like to be able to love without that yep. sin getting in the way and it's be powerful you know, it's yeah to be, be able powerful. To, we we are only imagine experiencing a small portion i think a tiny portion of what it's like to be able to experience being loved by god and being able to experience loving god 
and loving other people as ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, again, there's just so much in there. And one of the big things I think heaven is going to be is the fact that die. I had never heard, heard it the way that you just mentioned it about, we won't need faith and we won't need hope because we'll be there. Mm -hmm. I had not heard that before, but that's so beautiful. Um, I think one of the things that maybe we'll want to explore sometime might be, well, what will hell be like? You know, that might be another topic sometime. Um, I mean, we're getting to the point where we're probably needing to start getting ready to close things out pretty soon. But, you know, I, you can't have two more opposite things. Um, so I don't know that there's going to be golf in heaven per se or baseball or football or whatever. My big thing when I brought that up was the whole idea, will there be competition? But at the same time, didn't Jesus kind of say that there would be somebody to get more of a reward than others, you know, or to sit at my right and left hand in the kingdom is not for me to decide, but for my father in heaven. Um, you know, I don't know if that means that things are going to be exactly equal because the right and left hand isn't going to mean anything different or, or, you know, that there's going to be four places away. I don't know how that works, but um, I, 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 I wonder. Well, I, I wonder if the last thing that he would want us to take away from that is we should be competing with other Christians for sure. some type of eternal reward or something. The, the other thing I'd like to say is I, I think asking a question like, will there be golf in heaven? Will there be fishing in heaven? Will there be football in heaven is a lesser question than Christians should be concerned with. I, 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 think, I, I think it's safe to say that. Um, because it's a question that comes from what will I get to do? Um, how will I spend my time? How will I be entertained? Uh, how will I be able to enjoy myself? And I think that's a lesser question that doesn't take into account um, what we're being saved from, which is the pursuits of entertainment and self and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And what we're being saved into, which is quite literally to know God in his fullness and, and to re realize our purpose, which our purpose is we were made for the glory of God. And in heaven, we'll be able to experience the glory of God, bring glory to God and, and everything else. And I just I just think we misunderstand heaven when we ask things like that. But. I don't think we're given a lot of information about heaven either. <laughs> well, I, what you said, Josh, I think was so beautiful too, because when you think about it, um, isn't really the essence of all sin selfishness? Mm -hmm. Because it's what I want rather than what God wants. Yeah. And I think you may have just really hit a very, very key point there to say that maybe we are too focused on what's it going to be like for me. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of times, even our songs that we talk about, and you know, you said all of our songs that we sing are always theologically um, perfect or whatever. And of course, I know that you were just being facetious with that because there's a lot of bad theology in a lot of songs. And I'm not talking about just new songs. A lot of the great hymns have some pretty bad theology when you really look at no, it. No, Pete. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. But I mean, especially when you start looking at it, it's about me, my, mine. It's like, no, you yeah. know, to me, the greatest hymns are the ones that just sing of the glory of God. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, you know, the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
Yeah. Just about praise. And I think you, I think what you said, Josh, is is very, very much on target. So will Amen. there be golf in heaven? I don't know. What did you say, Don? Amen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we've we've maybe answered the question is maybe there won't be golf in heaven because it won't be about me. And it won't be about you. It'll be about God. Yeah. And that because we will be stripped of all that is sinful, all that is not holy, we won't need anything else but God. Yeah. And I don't know if we can really comprehend that, but maybe that's the best way to answer it. Yeah. So, well, I think this has been a fascinating uh, little discussion here for, for a light discussion. It kind of got into some deep stuff, didn't it? <laughs> But uh, um, you guys have anything else you wanted to add? Nope, I'm good. Okay, well, Josh was shaking his head too. So yeah. uh, I think we'll just go ahead and uh, get ready to close off. So um, I hope that those of you who have been listening have been edified by this and, and maybe uh, given a chance to think and, and pray about it and just say, what is heaven going to be like? Um, not so much is there going to be golf in heaven or is there going to be baseball in heaven now? Josh thinks it'll be basketball because it seems like every time I see something yeah. that he's going somewhere, it's a basketball game. And, you know, yeah. for me, I don't go to basketball games, but still, um, that's all right. You know, it doesn't mean we can't enjoy things around here either. I want to make that very, very clear. Um, you know, people have hobbies and, and, and people have things that they enjoy that help them relax. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We're not trying to say that here at all. But we're saying once we are, once we are, released from this bondage of, of this broken world where sin is so powerful we're going to be in the presence of god and god alone and it's just something we can't even imagine as josh has said a couple of times uh, that old mercy me song i can only imagine um so here we are pastor josh kugel pastor don mcdonald this is pastor pete becky and i hope that you will join us next time for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.